what do you want to da da da? I don't know. What do y'all think we should da da da? Well, what did we da yesterday? Hmm, yesterday. All the dolls feel like the same doll these dolls. I know. Like, is today Monday or Tuesday? Today is Thursday. Oh no, I forgot to call my mom on her birthday. Oh no! No! These days, nothing is normal and everything is weird. But you could still save big when you switch to Progressive. That won't change. Not to da or any da. Quote to da at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hey, so we're back and this is the second part of my conversation with Aditi Angiras and Akhil Katyal, editors of The World That Belongs to Us, an anthology of queer poetry from South Asia. So over to these two. I mean, mothers appear as well in some poems, but they, they, you know, somehow, for some reason, they don't seem to elicit this sort of like very, uh, um, I don't know, strong you know, really strong feeling. And the mothers seems to appear, as, in fact, almost as often a solidarity. So, in fact, yes. for instance, in Simple Rajra's poem, where, are, where these two like old female figures who are now on mm-hmm. either side of uh, the divided uh, subcontinent, one side uh, mm-hmm. pa- uh, in West Pakistan and in India, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they are writing to each other and it's this space which is both of friendship and of desire. Mm. And this is a translation which Jasdeep Singh did from Simple Rajra's Punjabi poem. But mm. that figure somehow, as in the few poems that I can think of immediately, emerges as this enabling figure, as a figure of solidarity, as a figure which somehow understands yes. what that gender division means in terms of father and mother. I'm not able to, like, I won't be able to speculate because surely there are other poems which interrupt this as well. Mm. But it, it seems to escape my mind right now. You know, this hazard with anthologies and, you know, and especially, I mean, I was, while I was reading it, since there was so much community participation, I was wondering whether, you know, the people who are left out, how are they reacting to this? The act of anthologizing is act of inclusion, which by its very nature also means that there will be some exclusions which will happen. Mm. What did happen is that sometimes I remember in some email threads when the exclusions happened and the poets did quiz us about uh, why that was so. Like there, in some cases, mm. there were conversations. Uh, okay. Uh, in what our effort has been, to be honest, is to be fairly uh, Catholic and inclusive in our choices. Uh, because yes. we do know that when an, an anthology like this occurs, in which whose um, like the mandate is both both literary and political, that mm. idea of what work a poem does, uh, what political and literary work a poem does, is a far more open-ended question than, let's say, someone sitting in an ivory tower of a university classroom or someone sitting yes. who's making more, like, uh, who's adjudicating taste uh, in one mm. way or the other. But I mm. think our mandate, in any case, was an open mandate. And I do know that... Se- you know, several conversations which don't happen in an allegedly quote-unquote subtle or uh, nuanced uh, poem can mm. often happen in a grand rhetorical, uh, far more on-the-sleeve uh, queer poem. So okay. it's also it's also a division of labor. So I, I, I don't think um, that one kind of a poem that finally lays its claim 
to what expressions of queerness can be in our part of the world so in in that sense we've been fairly uh, like the fact that an anthology you know because when we first had a meeting with harper collins uh, office and aditi and i and shohini and other folks from harper collins were there and it you know all of us like puppet like we said yeah 30 32 poets and <laughs> that like mandate was like was filtered the moment the submission started pouring in and we knew that we had something else at hand and there was an opportunity mm. to actually capture this moment where the expressions and the politics and the aesthetics and the ethics of what queer life in south asia today is cannot be captured mm. by those 30 32 established poets uh that is true that's true so then and if this book has to serve as any kind of testament to what that queer life is today then and and poems are that poems are not just slogans on the street poems are those back stories which create those slogans so mm. poems uh, considering they give such intimate life worlds to us then we might as well mm. uh, produce a diversity of those life worlds rather than a kind of monochromatic picture you know and and i found i mean maybe it's my uh, bias but i found that the, the that these you know the ones that i listed those were the poems that i don't know they transcend the the queer identity you know even if they are talking about queerness yeah. it the the depth of feeling in these poems is so much that i i, I found they, you know they they would work in any anthology you know yeah and you know that's the thing about any kind of like identitarian project like the thing is in our in our lives like we mm-hmm. live various kinds of moments and we have a really often a very uh, like important and a dramatic and even like uh, a, a hugely determining relationship with sexuality and at other moments mm-hmm. of our lives it just it's just it's just something which is sitting in the room next to you but it's not something which you're thinking of it's not something which is Mm-hmm. um the primary thing in your mind and that's true not just of sexual orientation or gendered expression that's true of uh uh that's true of uh, race that's true of various other uh, mm-hmm. aspects of identity which sometimes occupy a role of huge importance for you and at other times they're just uh, on sitting on the back burner so mm-hmm. that's what uh, that's what often happens with queer poetry as well so the idea is um even like quote and quote great literature like you know whether it's mm-hmm. herman melville or whether it's shakespeare or whatever mm-hmm. like there also can be identified in certain respects it's just that often male or uh, uh, white identities are just folded into the universal whereas mm-hmm. women or queers or um, uh, or uh, people of color or dalit folks are often seen only through the lens of identity and i think what is happening in this anthology though is that Mm. um that we are letting that decision being made by the poets so if the poet has decided that i need to hold my identity and wear it on my sleeve because in this moment that is what is answering something uh, is uh, is is re- resolving an emotional conundrum for me then that's what that poet is dictating whereas other poets uh, it's 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 almost as if whether it is a gendered experience of a certain sort which is against the social grain or whether it is quote same sex desire uh if if that's something which they already seem to have digested and reached another place mm-hmm. in their uh, emotional or political journey then that's where they are and so both those poems sort of one is not more valid than the other but one, mm-hmm. one is certainly different than the other right okay yeah okay okay do you want to read a, uh, a poem which you you know 
So uh, while we since we've spoken about simple Rajras poem, let's speak. Uh, let's read that poem. It's a small yeah, poem yeah. which is translated by Jasdeep Singh. And uh, simple used to study in DU and JNU. She's currently at Oxford. And Jasdeep is a wonderful, wonderful uh, screenwriter and translator. He is, uh, in fact, he wrote dialogues for the Punjabi films Anne Gore Da Dan and Jothi Koot. Okay. So, Hmm, that's mentioned in the bio. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the poem is called. It's a conversation between two women across on either side of the border, hmm. uh, between India and Pakistan. Yeah. What do I not buy? What is this? Ice. I ran barefoot, searched like the mad do. Why didn't you come for the last time? I pine beyond measure. Come. put one slab on my soul what is this sand i'm not a mausoleum what do i need these tiny pebbles for yes but the corpse of my desires lies there empty the full sack on it what is this salt traded off when we had to flee from ratowal that punjab to nawasheher this punjab if you got it from the same woman put it in my mouth what is this rain we got the house from the muslims but we kept the peer shrine in the backyard intact if the rain drops are washed from the mazar get them close to my chest mm. what is this fog whether from lahore or jammu it won't tell you what lies ahead if it is the chill from her moist hands stitch it in my hair simple wah yeah It's lovely. So yeah, so I think just these are the moments which our contributors and these several several poets and translators have made possible in an anthology like this. Okay, I'm going to read a short poem by uh, Ruth Vanita, who's a very celebrated um, writer and author of many many important books, and I'm personally really looking forward to her novel that's going to come out. Uh, hopefully this year comment will it stretch that far will it go round three continents of four three hearts or more and still slide through a ring worn and unraveled night and day without a break past two time zones retain its sleek original shape how many machines can we put it through how many phones planes taped voices and still find it wearable is our love elastic or some finer clinging skin like inward breathing weave to make all this bearable so that was aditi angiras and akhil katyal who edited the world that belongs to us an anthology of queer poetry from south asia it's a great collection and there's some super poems in there so go out and grab a copy So that's it from me Manjula Narayan on books and authors. Come back again next week for more. Bye. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.
and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.